we're back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 4 Recap. I'm Chris Barrows. And my name's Dan Cummins. Chris, I am so excited to have finished Season 4. If you're listening to this, hopefully that means you have listened to all of our rewatch podcasts for Season 4. And, and before that, obviously, right, Chris? But please, if you haven't seen the entire show, stop we will be here when you finish the entire series okay you don't need to listen to this right now but chris we're gonna probably go into a lot of spoilers in this episode in this recap because we just finished season four you and i have seen the show multiple times we know what's gonna happen this is more or less i mean it's a recap like we we know what to expect so we're actually paying attention to the fine details here if you haven't seen the whole show please stop come back (laughs) we'll be here we're going to be and, and, you know, I'll tell you, um, because obviously I get to look at the analytics is it's really neat to see people going back and starting their journey with the podcast. So you might get here a year after we record it. And that's great. You know, we, we hope this is there for everyone uh, and a little bit different than some of the other ones out there as we dig a little bit deeper on some of this stuff. Season four in particular, as we as we really dig into it, is a season that we came into both of us with high expectations. And I remember at the start of the season, and and I'll stress this, one of the questions we posed was how much filler is in this season? Was it, you know, how unbeatable is the season? Because season four and season five are arguably the top two seasons of Supernatural in the entire history of the show. You look at any list out there, generally speaking, four and five are one and two or two and one. So it's just kind of what you're going to find on any Google search. So I remember going in and saying, how much fillers in this season? You know, how much of the meat of this season is, is really just as good as I remember. And that's the question I went into this season with, and I love this season for a lot of reasons. Uh, But as we analyze it, that's the question on the back of my mind is, was this season as good as I expected? I don't know how it was for you. So I'm going to, I got to pose the question to you. Did season four deliver on your expectations? Cause I do think we went in with really high expectations into this one. I'm smiling ear to ear, Chris, but I think this might be my favorite season of supernatural ever of all time. Like there are 15 seasons. Season four might be number one for me. Let me tell you why very quickly. It's funny. It's incredibly funny. It's, it's dramatic. It is exciting. It's epic. And dude, it has phenomenal performances. I have shit on Jared Padalecki's acting ability before. Everyone knows it. If you've listened to this podcast, you're probably shaking your head saying, Dan, how dare you? But let me tell you, when the levy breaks, episode 21, Jared is phenomenal in that episode, man. The performances are outrageous. Season four is the catalyst between the first three seasons in season five, right? It is absolutely critical. There's no new villains. We pretty much know every villain that's out there, right? Lilith, we know about. So we're continuing the story we already know, Chris, but because of this, we get more time to focus on the characters, the character development. And on top of that, we get the answers we've been looking for since season one. We know why Sam was chosen by Yellow Eyes now. We know how John and Mary met. That is ginormous, we watched the Winchesters, Chris. They're playing off of that very storyline. Season four gave us that. We can't forget that. We know why Dean was pulled out of hell. And more than anything, Chris, we get the introduction of angels, which really, I mean, we can't argue. The introduction of angels took this show from where it was to where it became. Like the angels opened the entire thing up. And season four gave us that. So 
I'm going to say right now, we haven't rewatched season five yet, Chris. If any season is going to take the throne from season four, it might be season five. But, dude, season four for me, yeah, absolutely. Exceeded my expectations. And now that I've rewatched it, it might be my favorite season of all time. And you hit a good point. Season five is, in my opinion, the only one that can take the throne at this point. Season four is the best season in this rewatch thus far. There is no question of that. Season one holds a dear place in my heart. Do not get me wrong. Season one is a pivotal season because it's the first season. Every season one, even on a show that isn't, it doesn't end great, is incredibly important. Um, Breaking Bad, I, I sometimes reference. Season one actually bores me, but it's so incredibly important. Um, and right. the rest of the season of Breaking Bad Red, Better Call Saul, another show I love. Season one, so much setup to what is, but that show is one of my top five favorite shows right now. So season ones are critical. This is season four. Time to develop. And a few things happen that you spoke to in this season. I, and I want to make sure I make this clear. Season four continues storylines for season three sets up things in season five with simple lines. We talk about this all the time. One or two, one or two lines. That's all it takes. And it does things very, very well. Now I will stress one thing. There's more filler in the season than I expected. Right. I I definitely, there's more filler than I expected. That's fine. I'm not complaining. There's going to be filler in anything that's 22 episodes long. I prefer, I actually wish all episodes of television were 12 to 16 episodes. So they wrap stuff up and cut the filler. That's my ideal world. I don't know, but it always works because the Winchesters is 13 episodes, the prequel series right now. And I'm, I'm fine with it. So when it comes down to it, less doesn't always mean more. You have to execute, but season four, I'm with you right now. It is the best season season five. However, I was talking, but you know, before we went, and started recording because we're going to go into our favorite moments, our favorite characters, our least favorite episode and our favorite episode as we always do. But I already know my favorite episode in season five. Yeah. I already know it. And it's the exception to my rule of favorite episodes, Mm -hmm. which, which I've said before, I generally will not pick the last episode because I really want to look at episodes as a whole season five. I already know. Sorry. Spoiler alert. The final episode of season five is brilliant. So I I put that kind of out there. It is what it is. But yeah, we're we're talking about a, a pretty fantastic here season here in season four. It has some really critical moments. You mentioned one already, but I want to talk about some of my favorite moments with you here. Because there's two moments that stand out for me. You've mentioned one. You talk about Jared Padalecki's performance. Yeah. Sam's detox episode. Yep. That's what it is. Is phenomenal. Phenomenal. And that episode in particular, that moment of Sam detoxing, the conversations he's having with people, that entire it's half an episode, really, that moment is one of my favorite moments. And the only moment that is arguably more important for me than that scene is my that is my other favorite moment is the reveal of Castiel because he is such a pivotal character and that's more about the longer arc of the show. So they're both important for different reasons. I think in the long run, my favorite moment that impacts the entire series is Castiel's reveal. Who is this guy? But Sam's detox in terms of this season, standout favorite moment. Uh, There's some great moments in this, by the way, in, in this entire series. Dean has some really powerful moments, but that moment for Sam um, it is, and you said it, I think when we recorded arguably Jared's best performance 
in 15 seasons of the show. I don't know that he ever beats that performance quality. And it's just so good. It's so good, Chris. And actually, that's why I didn't list it as my favorite moment, because I feel like Jared Padalecki as Sam has many moments in that episode and many, many uh, characters from his own past that he has to sort of reflect on. And of course, they're a hallucination, but it's really a fantastic case study on who Sam is as a character. And uh, a little spoiler there, Chris, I'll talk more about that episode later, but l- we're talking favorite moments, right? And I wanted to, to read this quote from James Randall, uh, and he's talking about season four. And his quote is, it's laced with the humor and action that make the show great. Season four delivers on nearly all counts, while the sense that the story is building a momentum towards a crescendo has never been more palpable. And I thought, man, that's a really great quote, because I agree. I feel like everything that's happened in the show since season one has either become uh, solved, the, the boys have already addressed it, or we're getting a conclusion in season four. And for me, my favorite moment, Chris, is actually from episode 19 called Jump the Shark. You might recall this is the episode where Sam and Dean beat their brother, their half-brother. Uh, as far as Sam and Dean know, their dad did the best that he could for those boys and they have a dead mom, right? It's hard to be a monster hunter and a dad, Chris. And so in this episode, Sam and Dean realized that their dad, John has had a second family and actually had a third son, Adam. Now everyone that is a fan of the show know that, you know, that Dean idolizes his dad, John. And this episode, Chris throws that into question. And I really love that they did this because Dean has been happy enough to just accept who his dad is and, adore him no matter what but this episode actually has dean confront the idea of what john is and and why john did the things that he did um and it's really great to see dean's reaction because dean has to face the fact that his dad wasn't who he thought he was john actually wasn't maybe that great of a guy and you know what chris the episode and of course we're going to recommend everybody rewatches the episode that you and i covered jump the shark that was a very recent drop but To get to the point here, Dean starts out that episode feeling very jealous that Adam got to have a normal life because John was basically like, hey, you know, I uh, I barely know you. So because I'm here with you this week, let's go to a baseball game. Right. And when Dean finds that out, Dean's kind of pissed thinking, well, why couldn't I have a normal life with my dad? Why couldn't I go to a regular a regular baseball game and do this and do that like a regular kid would? But Chris, that quickly changes when Dean realizes that Adam actually didn't really get to live a normal life because he was destroyed by a ghoul, right? A ghoul is like the weakest of the monsters in the supernatural universe. So like Dean started out feeling jealous, but then he realized that, wait, my dad wasn't the best dad, but like he trained me to defend myself against a typical monster like a ghoul, right? So because of this episode through this, Dean realizes that He never actually had a shot at a normal life, and that forces him to change his perspective, Chris. So for me, my favorite moment is Dean realizing that, like, yeah, if his past was a little bit different, he might not have been a hunter. But if his dad had done things differently and treated him like an average Joe, he'd be dead by now. Right. So for Dean, that's a huge moment. And that was my favorite moment. I will note with that episode, it's not my favorite moment. One of my favorite moments is when you see the difference of Sam and Dean. And the reaction when they say, well, let's train him in the life. And Dean's like, what the hell? Why would right. we do that? That scene in particular is really powerful. There's a lot of really good scenes in this season. I'll note, even though we're not mentioning them all, where Sam and Dean are at each other's throats and they're butting heads. 
and you see the differences in them, but yet when you break it down, they're so alike at the same time. And uh, it's also the season where you start to realize how much, and you know this and it's teased up, but you realize Sam is so much like his dad. And it's not Dean who's like his dad. Dean idolizes his dad. Sam is actually like his father. And right. that's the neat thing to me about this season. But this season also, as you kind of noted, it's got, I, I was re- looking at a list of this earlier of just who people think are the best guest stars. Right. Right. There's phenomenal guest stars in this one. And this season offers a few that I could choose from, but I'm really interested to start with you on this one. Who is the standout guest star for you in this one? Because quite frankly, we get introduced some really great characters in this one. And we have, uh, you know, we have some pretty big fan favorites in this one. We do. Yeah, we have a new Ruby. We have a Lilith. We have Pamela, who, Chris, I'm just guessing that that is who you picked. But let me tell you who mine is. It's Alistair. Uh, And specifically, because three actors that play Alistair, at least since season four, uh, Christopher Heyerdahl. Um, Chris, I mean, that guy is fantastic, dude. If you want to hear my, you know, my take on that guy, go back and watch our or listen rather to our other episodes. But on the head of a pin where Castiel and Uriel basically asked Dean, hey, um, this guy, they used to torture you in hell. He's here in a warehouse. You go torture him now. Like that premise is just so daunting, Chris. And and Dean, of course, says yes. And Alistair's performance is incredible. I mean, it's, it's creepy, but it's nuanced. It's intense. It's hair-raising. And it makes you realize, like, because of Alistair's performance, it makes you realize just how tortured Dean actually was in hell. And... Having to deal with Alistair in hell just made me appreciate more about Dean. And it's like, it's strictly because of the performance of Alistair. I mean, I, I said this on the episode you know, just a few weeks ago, Chris, but Alistair might be top five villains for me all time, Supernatural. Like, I'm not talking about he's like top five strongest or whatever, but his performance and the way that he made me feel um, in opposition to the boys certainly is top five for me. Um, so, yeah, my favorite guest character, there's a lot of them. I don't know if you are choosing Misha. Like, I guess technically, Chris Castiel could be categorized I, as I couldn't. Character, but I, I want to just throw out there. I threw that out because of the longevity we know is coming. Right. I just okay, didn't good. think that. Yeah, I didn't feel comfortable doing that because that would otherwise be such a layup to pick that. You right. might be surprised. I have, well, two honorable mentions. I want to know two yeah. honorable mentions because I was close. Matt Cohen as young John Winchester. Yes. I really want in a lot of seasons he would have won. Okay. Yes. So young John Winchester, Matt Cohen. I'm um, quite frankly, if you're going to do the prequel and you went back in time, I would just said, slot him right in. So I'm right yes. back. I know he's too old at this point, but just saying. Fantastic. Um, another one we'll mention, we might surprise you. It's, and I, and I looked up, um, she, she was born Tracy Din, Dinwiddie. She uh, is listed now as Thunderbird Dinwiddie, and that is Pamela. That's my other runner-up. Now, Pamela, I really liked. Honorable mention, because I agree with you. Alistair, just top five villain, too good. That performance, that raspy voice. Yes. That everything about it, he stands out to me. And again, I stress, yes, if, if, if this show ended in season five and Castiel wasn't full cast and then until season five and beyond. And then it ended Castiel. Yeah. He's, he's best guest star, but 
Uh, and I want to give it up, you know, I could, it's easy to say honorable mention to Uriel and some of these other people, you mm-hmm. know, but when it comes down to it, yeah, I'm sorry. It's Castiel, uh, not Castiel. It's uh, Christopher uh, as Alistair because he is the best of them. And the torture episode in particular, yeah. um, I'm out of a pen. I, the thing about that one is you see the dark side back to back kind of at this point in the season of, of both Dean and Sam uh-huh. and neither one of them really you know you could argue for either one of them and i think that's what i love about what alistair does he shows you yeah but you broke boy like your dad didn't break but you did and he's great like it's just a wonderful wonderful performance so yeah for me easy choice easy choice wow i'm a little surprised chris because you know we both love pamela and i know i loved oh i loved her i really did but i couldn't ignore his performance totally Um, yeah Pamela also should have lived. As far as I'm concerned, she should have lived for many seasons. So I might be a little hurt that we only get her for for this. You know, I agree. Yeah, I agree, Chris. And you know what? Pamela's death, like, what did it really do to progress the story? Not much. They didn't need to kill her. So it's really a shame. You and I both, we talk about this, Chris, when we watch the Winchesters. I think initially before the show launched, and this is a separate tangent, and, and Chris and I will give our thoughts on the Winchesters as a whole once that season wraps. But we really love to see the hunter world be expanded by characters that are not hunters. So a person like Pamela, who is just a psychic, right? Like a person that can communicate with an angel through a seance is pretty fucking cool, man. I mean, like, (laughs) pardon my French, Chris, but like we need to expand this world. Why not? And and dream walking and all this other, you know, essentially letting them be dead. Like all the things she does is just phenomenal. But yeah, you know, what's not phenomenal. There was an episode or two in here that wasn't. (laughs) So I, I took about five seconds if that <laughs> to pick my least favorite episode. Yeah. Um, that's about it. All it took. It, honestly, I don't think there's much to say about it except for the fact that there's a creepy kid in the wall. Uh, that gives you a hint of what I picked. Uh, creepy kid in the wall. It didn't really do much for me. I, the, 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 what it was supposed to do didn't work for me. That's family remains. It was just an awful episode as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't think there's any other awful episodes in this, in this season. That one was awful. I would never rewatch it again. Just uh, no. I wouldn't either. And yeah, I mean, Chris, we don't compare notes. I think it's, it's worth noting before we no, hop we on to, to get on the mic here. We don't tell each other what our favorite episodes, the least favorite were. If you're a supernatural fan, you know what the worst season four episode is. It's episode 11 family remains now this episode chris we talked about it if you want to hear all the details again go back and check out our rewatch of season four episode 11 family remains we talk about it but chris at the core of it this is a remake of an x-files episode now you are a x-files aficionado i cannot claim to have seen more than a dozen episodes of x-files i'll be honest with you but what i do know is that this is a kim manner special kim manners is a man of many talents of both worlds and they tried this episode, Chris, but they failed. This episode just did not convert to the supernatural universe. It's not any fun. This episode is not fun. What I want in a supernatural episode, Chris, is a little bit of humor. Just a little bit. Give me a little bit of fun. When you talk about incest, when you talk about child abuse, it's very, very difficult to make those episodes fun. So at the very least, Chris, what you have to do is give that episode or the the characters within it a conclusion that makes you feel satisfied or like at least happy for them. 
This episode does none of that. It's an absolute chore of a filler episode to sit through. The characters, all of their acting, dude, like all of them are illogical. Sam is just the smart one. He does things that Sam wouldn't normally do, as does Dean. I hate to say this, Chris, the performances by the cast, really underwhelming. I've seen much better from Jensen, much better from Jared. But like the worst part about this episode, Chris, if I can just finish this thought, the lesson at the end of it is terrible. After the case, Dean looks at Sam and he says, you know, I feel pity for that girl on the wall because, uh, you know, if she weren't raised in this house, maybe she would have been a better person. Also, I feel the same way about being in hell. And the episode closes and it's like, well, hold on a second. Let's stop. Dean feels bad about torturing people in hell. And he's reminded of that because this crazy psychotic girl in the walls of an incestual family in this house somewhere in the middle of the country she starts attacking innocent bystanders it's like this lesson chris does not make any sense and i wish they hadn't tried that if it was just like a typical filler episode monster of the week whatever but they like really tried to tie it to the plot and it just failed so horrendously tell me i'm wrong say something no. positive about this episode before no, I there's a, you're completely right and that, honestly the only thing i'd say is go listen to what we think about in that episode because we get into it it's not a long episode actually no. in terms of our one of our episodes i think we probably one of our shorter ones because we did not have a ton to say and i don't we don't like to sit here and be negative um we like to give a criticism certainly but we want to dig into the details because even in the worst episodes there's fun things this or bugs can fight it out for worst episode right now for me agreed yeah actually actually yeah i actually i might rather watch bugs because bugs could have been interesting this one couldn't have um and it's rare because kim manners is so good so it's one of those rare kim manner fails as far as i'm concerned Uh, but you know, it is what it is, but it means Dan, that we also get to talk about our favorite episodes of the season. This was hard and it was I'm, hard, not even, dude. I'm not even convinced that I like my top three. If I'm going <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm not convinced at all. Um, because there's a bunch that I really like and the order on this one, there's really five episodes. And wow. I'll mention my honorable mentions before I go into my number one, because I want to make it really clear what I had on my mind. Yeah. But let me start by saying my number three, and this is, I don't usually do this, but my number three actually is the first episode of the season. Lazarus rising. Yeah, correct. And it's, it's a solid all around episode for one. It has one of my favorite moments, which is Castiel's reveal. Epic. It just sets up everything so succinctly, I feel like, for what mm-hmm. the season is while wrapping up things from the previous season. And I think it's a critical episode to also get into season five. It is the perfect kind of in between between season three and season five. And it just gets you it, it gets you there. Um, and I don't know that moment, that final moment stands out to me so much and it goes to show you how powerful a moment is that moment of castiel appearing bam and i do think back to the last episode i do think back to even what a the final scene between castiel and dean i do think about the stuff that they call back in later seasons this scene was it really was pivotal this introduction so for me lazarus rising uh, it has to take the cake for me for my number three um not number one by any means but it's too good to not mention in the top three 
That's a great pick, Chris. Uh, with my number three, we've already talked about it. Uh, it's episode 21. When the, when the, when the levy breaks, I think it's the levy breaks. I've said it both ways, Chris. Um, listen, I mean, we've talked about this episode already and I think it's phenomenal. Sam, Sam is becoming more and more inhuman. Shall we say he is, he has been encouraged to lean into the dark side of himself. And Chris, that's, that's not without reason. Dean went to hell and there was nothing Sam could do about that. He lived a year without his brother and he was devastated. He felt small and um, he wanted power. And listen, Sam found a way to get that power and he leaned into that. And Sam found a way to beat the biggest, baddest demon in the world, Lilith. Right. That's what this episode is about when the Levy breaks. Now, Dean and Bobby put him in a safe, basically, for a detox, as you said. And uh, Sam starts to lose his shit, Chris. He hallucinates. He starts to see his his own self, his ex-girlfriend. Or sorry, his, I don't think he actually sees his ex-girlfriend, does he? He sees his mom. And he starts to realize that he has lost his shit, man. And he resents dean for it because like in that episode sam starts to get these fake signals that dean has called him a monster later in the episode i think it's the next episode chris like dean apologizes to him and he gets a fake voicemail saying that dean thinks he's a monster like it really is arguably the lowest point for sam in his entire journey on supernatural in this episode like the way they tell that story through these hallucinations through sam's own mind and we talk about this in our episode our rewatch it feels a lot like fight club. If you're a fan of the movie fight club, you're going to love this episode, man. And Sam, Jared Padalecki. I mean, listen, that might be the best performance of Sam in the whole series. If you like Jared Padalecki, if you're a Jared Padalecki fan, and there's a lot out of them, Chris, if you like Jared Padalecki and you want to see him go like really balls deep into the role of Sam, watch this episode. He is so damn good in this, Chris. I was honestly shocked. I said, is this actually Jared like acting? Because at one point he is smug, Chris. Another point he is scared. He's like he's he's very scared. The next point he's sort of confused, and and it's all within one room, right? It's in Bobby's uh, chamber. It's in Bobby's safe. And for that episode to focus so much on Sam and like his inner psyche, it really is a case study into who Sam Winchester is. And the fact that it's even my number three, Chris, shocks me. I thought for sure this would have been my number two or my number one but it's not. I'll go into those in a minute. But dude, this episode, I'll be shocked if it's not in your top two because really, I think it's underrated. I really think it's an underrated episode. And and as I want to note again, furthermore, we don't compare these lists, but you did give me a perfect setup because this is my number two. Of course. Uh, it's my number two. This performance is so good. This episode is just solid. Um, you, the experience that Dean is having with this, the fact that there's a mystery of kind of who's gonna who let Sam out in the first right. place. There's so much going on in this episode outside of Sam's performance because we ta I talked about it before. You've just talked about it. I think this episode as a whole is just very well done and really leads you into that finale. So for me, a lot happens here, and you really have in so many ways Sam and Dean separated. Now for two episodes in a row because Sam being stuck in there and then escaping and then really they don't see each other till the end of the final episode. They're not together for a good 50, 60 minutes uh, right. of time, but they do it well. They do it. It's interesting. You have Castiel um, now continuing his kind of quest to figure out what the hell is happening. Who, why is 
you know, you know, is this the right thing to do is keeping Sam in here? Do we let him win? And I think there's in the long run, a lot of hate towards the brothers after this season that comes from you've started, what are you going to essentially start the apocalypse? Uh, yep. But it's both their faults. And I think this episode combined uh, combined with obviously what Dina's done starting the whole thing, uh, which is, you know, what we learned from him torturing and then rising from the dead, you know? Right. So I, I, I think the combination of the two phenomenal pair, and that's kind of a big reason why they're bringing two for me, but yeah, I won't get back into Sam's performance just because you've talked about it. I've talked about, it, but yeah, when the oh, break, easily, easily my second, no, not a question. Yeah. It's a, it's a phenomenal episode. And uh, for so late in the, in the season too, Chris, like for that episode to come so late, you better have some damn good episodes after that. And boy, do they, unfortunately, yes. Chris, that is the latest episode in my top three. Like my top two are actually before episode, uh, uh, excuse me, episode uh, 21. Was it or 20 uh, that when the leaving breaks? Cause there's 22 in the season. So yeah, 21. Yeah. So this might surprise you. Maybe not. I'm hoping this is your number one, Chris, but my number two is monster movie. Now the synopsis for this one, Chris, it's Halloween time. And the Winchesters face off against a shapeshifter with a penchant for impersonating classic movie monsters. I can't even finish the sentence. Like Dracula, the Wolfman, and the Mummy. Now, Chris, this is an absolute throwaway filler episode. But I remember we recorded this. And oddly enough, as we were recording it, it was around Halloween time for us, too. It just worked out that way. This is directed by Robert Singer. It's a good old-fashioned vampire hunt. Uh, that becomes something much more bizarre as classic film monsters terrorize a town during Oktoberfest. That's the other synopsis that I just read there. This episode, Chris, it is so damn funny. I love that they took a risk with this one. It's one of those rare episodes where they're early enough in the season where they can take some risks, Chris, and try things that are outside of the normal show. But also, like, it connects back to the main plot where they actually, like, learn a valuable lesson from it. On top of all of that, the shapeshifter is just hilarious. I mean, if you're looking for a supernatural episode that you just want to have fun and laugh at, like a lot of the time, Chris, when I want to put the show on, it's just to hang out with the boys and just to have a good time. Like I don't always need the dramatics. I don't need to feel the weight of the world on my shoulders alongside with them. Sometimes the brother dynamic is just really funny, um, especially when dealing with ridiculous monsters. And this one, especially for a Halloween watch, it's on my list forever now. Anytime Halloween comes up every single year, I'm going to watch this episode. And it's my number two because it's so universal, Chris. There's so many different elements to this. It is shot incredibly well. It's in black and white. It's funny. It's got action. It's got like, there's some like actual scary moments in this one. Like the shapeshifter kills these people, not in funny ways. It's really actually kind of terrible. But I, I understand that Sam and Dean are on the case. And I can actually like, identify with them and their opinions on what's going on and it really is i mean it's an incredible episode if you again we're going to urge people to re-watch this episode listen to our notes and our actual podcast but chris this is my number two and i think it deserves a very good spot this almost was my number one i gotta tell you i was back and forth between having this as my number two and my number one but alas it is my number two i know you like this episode what are your thoughts on that pick does it make your number one it's not my number one, but it was one of the two honorable mentions. It's in the top five. 
So this was the one that falls in that like weird. Was this number four? Was this number five? I couldn't quite yeah. tell. It almost eked into the number three slot and dropped um, Lazarus Rising, quite frankly, yep. because I do think it deserves recognition. It's a solid episode. It also gets a lot of crap from some people, and I don't know why. It's it's a it maybe because it's a filler, but it's a, such an enjoyable episode that I, I love it. It's going to get rewatched every year. And as far as I'm concerned that, you know, if, again, I think I've talked about this, uh, but I have episodes I watch of anything every year. I always uh, watch the episode, The Constant, from the TV show Lost on Christmas Eve every single year. This is now a Halloween October episode yeah. uh, of television that I will watch every year. So and I don't think I would have if we did do this rewatch, quite frankly, because I Agreed. forgot how good this was. But that is not my number one. I got a note. Ironically. Monster is also in my other honorable mention, which is Monster at the End of the Book, Chuck's introduction. I really love this episode. It was really close to making that top three as well. Uh, and it's just a solid episode. And when you think about what arc, and I try not to let like the long the long-term arc of Chuck in any way impact my thought with this. I look at the episode as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I love this episode. So that that one was really good. Introducing Chuck, um, such a fun character. And I I, to this point, I'm starting to think I wish he stayed a fun character. But yeah. it, all that said, my number one. And this might surprise you because this is a very, very Dean episode. Should we get a drum roll, Chris? Yeah, you can give a drum roll. Uh, it's in the beginning. Uh, wow. I, I went back and I was because I was thinking about this. It is such a fun romp in time travel. For yeah. one, we get really tremendous backstory that has an incredible impact on the entire story. Now I want to just stress people. I throw the Winchester's prequel out the window when I talk about supernatural because right. it's not a complete season. And I know there's debate around, well, how does this align? We got to debate that and talk about that a little bit. I know, but this is such a great look and that final. And I think the I remember the first time I saw this and then rewatching it, I didn't necessarily remember the end. And the fact that you get that backstory of why things are the way they are, you had, you know, Mary's dad, uh, no, it looks a little bit different uh, in this than he does in the, the Winchesters. But, uh, you know, it's, it, by the way, that's an X-Files alumni. So that doesn't help my love a little bit of this one. But I really like this. And the fact that uh, we get a little bit of time travel in a way that pushes the story forward mm -hmm. to me. Again, that was a win. I could watch this one over and over. I just, I really like the vibe and the look of it. And as I said, I mentioned earlier, but I honorable mention was to Matt Cohen as young John Winchester. Just thought he killed it in this episode. So, uh, you know, for me, yeah, in, in the beginning, really enjoyed it. It's my number one. And I'm not, I, I don't think much would change that because it is the one that I could rewatch that has critical story points but if i didn't know all the critical story points i think it's still rewatchable i think even if you didn't watch anything else hey guys travels back in time meets his you know it's got that back to the future except you can't change the past kind of vibe exactly and dean is so charming when he's talking to john chris like to see dean talking to his dad when his dad was his age or younger is really cool because Dean is a soldier of John's, right? Like that is the relationship. Dean never got to see his dad as a young, vulnerable, honest, young guy. Like John has always been drill sergeant, 
right? So for Dean to like interact with John in that way on that episode is really, really cool and unique. And for that reason alone, for me as a John Winchester fan, and you guys can yell all you want. I don't care. I love John Winchester. To see John Winchester before he was jaded and broken as a man. And that's actually a big reason I like the Winchesters, Chris, because they're showing a different light on John Winchester. He wasn't always this drill sergeant that treated his sons like shit. Like he actually started as a young, innocent guy that, just wanted to protect people. And so that episode, I'm really glad is in your top three because we get to see a different light on John. I got to break it to you though, Chris, that's not in my top three. Uh, and actually I think you'll be surprised and maybe most people would be surprised by number one, mostly because it is episode number one, which is Lazarus rising. Now, Chris, you look shocked and, but also you, you look sort of, you know, you understand oh, yeah. when we were rewatching season four in episode one in particular, I thought, you know, it's going to be really hard for me to watch an episode that I like more than this. Now, I didn't tell you this because I want to keep an open mind. And as we watch every episode, I say, you know, maybe I like this one more. Maybe this will be my favorite. But when I rewatch season four, episode one, it brings me back to when I was a teenager, like when I first rediscovered this show. And I, I had been a fan all the way until it finished, Chris. But uh, on the East Coast, it used to air, you know, every single day. It would go two hours straight from 9 to 11 on the East Coast, I believe. So, like, I could watch Supernatural for two hours a day, every single day, five days a week, and the show would carry on until it finished. And so season four, episode one, when Dean suddenly returns from the grave and starts to ask the question, why the hell am I back? I mean, that shot, dude, of just Dean, like, digging his way out of the dirt, it really is powerful. And he doesn't know why he's back. He is as confused as anybody would be. And he like, he finds Bobby and, and Bobby helps him find Sam, but Sam didn't do anything. And like, it really takes us an entire season to figure out why Dean was saved from hell because Dean was uh, a goner for all intents and purposes by the end of season three. So this episode, Chris is just like so epic for me on top of that. Like Sam is living a secret life. Like before the season even begins, Sam is living a lie. He has been with Ruby. He's been hanging out with a demon. Of course, it's in good nature, right? He's trying to get his brother back. But like we start season four with Sam in the wrong and we end it with Sam in the wrong. And Dean kind of represents all of us, right? Like we all just want to know what the hell is the plan forward. And Dean is as innocent uh, as we are. And Sam just like, but Sam's on the right too. Sam wants the same, like he wants to save his brother and he's so powerful. And Chris is just like, it's such a great season of television. And for this episode to kick it off so gracefully, I think it's nostalgia speaking, but like this episode is in my top five favorite supernatural episodes all time. Like it's wow. it, for me, it's the best premiere of a season period. So obviously I have to give it number one. I really love this episode, dude. And uh, yeah, I mean, just that, that the scene of C, uh, of Dan, uh, Dean, excuse me, being locked in that that gas station in that little, you know, uh, snack area, and he hears the angel for the first time. I mean, I will never forget that scene. It's so great. So for me, I, number one, no doubt. I always think of the just him digging out, and that that was almost one of my favorite moments too. Yeah, um, for me, the Castiel moment from an episode, guess it just because the wings kind of like right. Whoosh. People can't see me doing the action of like the wings coming out, but you can imagine it. Uh, I, I do think that moment, um, but it's a fantastic episode. I totally agree with it. Like I said, I think it's hard to dislike a lot of episodes in this season outside of family remains, which is absolutely awful. But we look ahead now, Dan, we look ahead. 
And we've talked about this. Season five has been set up so well. And yeah. this is, as I look at, I, I, I just say one thing. Is season five the best season or season four the best season? And that is the question that I now am looking forward to answering. And I know it's one of these two seasons. I know it's one of these two seasons. And, and maybe I don't expect to be surprised by any season after season five. And then suddenly that being better because I, I don't. I know for a fact that's not going to be the case. So it's mm-hmm. season four or season five is going to be the best season for me of Supernatural. The question is, which one? And I'm excited to get that answer. I do know it's got my favorite finale. Yep. I, I do know that already. It's because the finale for season five, I'll be very surprised if that is not my number one pick in our season five recap. I will be shocked if it's not my pick. However, and and I think this is the key piece here. Uh, I don't know if it's the best season. So that's the question that I pose, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, it's pretty straightforward what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, Chris, we have to put it in perspective that Eric Kripke, the creator, the showrunner, this was quite literally his swan song, right? That's your favorite episode. Kripke did not see the show going longer than five seasons. Now, before that, he actually thought the season, or sorry, the series would end at season three. We have to keep that in perspective too. So season four was almost a you know a rejuvenation for Kripke. Like he actually got a chance to keep this thing going. So the fact that season four is so good, Chris, I think is a testament to the genius of Eric Kripke. I digress. Season five, though, this is just about as far as Kripke could go creatively. And now he he did stay on for season six, but I think like this quite literally is the apex of what Kripke saw this show going to. And it's personally one of my all-time favorites. Again, I I think right now, Chris, season four is my favorite. But this season, season five, it's got a really great mixture of the monster of the week versus like the season-long story arc. I think season five actually does that the best. Um, Character development we talked about. I think the Winchesters get a lot of that. But Bobby has some really great moments in season five as this Castiel. The season actually shows us who Lucifer is. I mean, like... To have the devil himself, dude, in this episode, we cannot gloss over that. Season five has a lot of great moments. If it's not my favorite season, it's definitely going to be my second favorite season. I'm really excited to talk about it because, Chris, this is the golden era of Supernatural. As we get past season five, a lot of people call, you know, season six through eight the silver era. I'd probably agree with that. But like season one through five, man, it's been a, a real joy talking about this show with you and hopefully everyone listening has had a good time revisiting the show because I think season one through five, it's something very special. Like Eric Kripke is a visionary. He had a, a vision for the show. And if you want to be technical about it, that vision ends on season five. We can't, we can't ignore that Chris. So we have to enjoy this vision as it stands. And season five is the end of that great vision. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the end of Sam and Dean's arc in this series, at least between one and five. Yeah. And then, and like I said, I'm looking forward to digging into that first episode of a show. Uh, this show, the podcast is going to continue and we're not stopping. Uh, I think we did that between season one and two. And, and I think we said after that, we're not doing that again. We just keep going. So we're going to push forward. So the next week you're going to hear our season five, episode one, episode of fresh season of back on the hunt. We really appreciate you coming along with us um, because when it comes down to it, we're having a blast doing it. And even as we get past season five, even as we get into that silver age and we get into, you know, maybe more, a more likelihood of a dud, you know, there's so much joy that the show brings. We're looking forward to getting into that, but 
not too fast because up ahead we've got season five. It's gonna be awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to that same question. How many episodes are duds for me in season five or season four? Do we have another one of those stinkers? I, I don't I don't know, but I do know that I'm looking forward to it. I also know that I'm pretty sure that's it for this week, but don't worry, we will be back because after all, we've got work to do. Thank you.